0: Welcome to another night at the Roundtable. Tonight we watch Dan Aykroyd unplugged on UFOs. We heard many of you needed some entertainment, so we called together an emergency meeting. My name is Derek Hayes, and I'm with the Monsters Among Us podcast. Gentlemen, introduce yourselves. Um, I'm, I'm Zinger from the Zingness podcast.
1: I am David Flora from Blurry Photos.
0: Well, gentlemen, we watched this film, I think we all watched it this morning, and we were releasing this (laughs) the same day that we recorded it, at least on my feed, I don't know about you guys, but um, wow, wow, Dan Aykroyd has some opinions. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was directed by David Sedera, which I looked him up, he's done a few other documentaries that I don't recall seeing, but wow, where do we start? Where do we start with this one?
1: Oh, man, I I, I took notes, a lot of them. (laughs) Let's tell. Let's say what it's about and um, what they what they wanted to maybe get out of it
0: and stuff. Oh, that's probably a smart move, Justin. Yes. You picked it. Do you want to tell us what this thing's about?
2: So, in, in in the in the interest of these nights at the round tables, I I was, and and by the way, I would like to say I do appreciate everyone posting on it. I mostly see them on Monsters Among Us and tagging me in ideas. I take them into consideration, but this is one that I just had popped into my head and I just remembered this was like something that used to be on Netflix or Hulu or something a long time ago. And when you were scraping the bottom of the barrel for for like weird stuff to find to watch, this was like you've scraped through the bottom of the barrel and you're starting to get get through the floorboards too. Cause whew, this had a lot going on. And Dan Aykroyd can talk. And talk. And talk Intra- interesting stuff, but what, what, did, what did this come out in 2005? I think.
0: Yeah. I yeah. It's so. a, it's a documentary that was released in 2005 and essentially what it is, I believe they're shooting it inside one of his trailers and he's on a movie set somewhere because I, I kind of recognize the the blinds and stuff in the back. It looks like a movie trailer to me. So this is actually, like I said, directed by a guy named David Sedera. He basically just sits down with Dan Aykroyd in this, I assume assume it's a trailer, and they just talk shop for an hour and 23 minutes or something like that. Uh, He brings up different UFO cases. Dan Aykroyd just spills out. It's just like verbal diarrhea of UFO facts and information and opinions. It's just a a constant stream of information information i guess is the best way to describe what we're looking at and a lot of this is juxtaposed over a few interviews with astronauts and and some clips from uh ufo sightings some it's a different uh, witness uh, recorded video and a a few conference videos and stuff like that but it, it's it's pretty low budget as well uh would you guys say that's a fair assessment of what we watch
2: i i have a note in here that that i i guess if if i may to you guys as well don't use every effect offered by Adobe or whatever editing software you're using. Like, I swear I saw every mid-2000s effect that you could possibly put into a video used for, like, either text, <laughs> transitions, anything. I was just like, I don't even think you saw the same one twice. Like, I would have been fine if they just star wiped everything, but nope, that person was like, alright, let's, let's play randomizer <laughs> on the effects today.
0: We haven't used the swirl transition yet. Can we get this one in here somehow? Yeah,
1: looking for a nice uh, a box in, box out kind of thing. Where would that go? <laughs> it
0: really makes you feel like some time has elapsed. That and Dan Aykroyd talking to you for hours on end. Yeah,
2: I'm. I'm trying to look up when this was recorded because I'm trying to cross reference it of what movie could he have been shooting during that time.
0: I did that this morning. I tried to figure oh. it out, and it's a. He's wearing like a red plaid shirt in like a. I think it's a red jacket over top of it, or a vest, actually. It might be a vest, yeah. It's it's definitely a costume of some sort. I don't think Dan Aykroyd goes around dressed the way—he almost looked like Ronald McDonald a bit there.
1: Uh, But I
0: think this was shot in 2001, because at the very beginning, he says, in 2001, I sat down with Dan Aykroyd. I don't know if he's referring to this interview or some other time that he met Dan Aykroyd. He was pretty vague about a lot of things. So uh, his voiceover uh, narration work (laughs) led a lot to be— uh, desired and to, uh, and you're, you're talking by. about David. I'm talking about the David Sedara character, yeah. the director yeah. and, and the interviewer. Uh Yeah, that's who I'm talking about.
2: See, I'd like to assume that he sat down with them originally in 2001 and then recorded something more recently, because I thought he brought up some stuff that happened more recently, Dan did, when he was talking. So my assumption is that this was shot on the set of Christmas with the Cranks.
1: Ah. I mean... Which
2: what Which I I did have to look up IMDb. I don't know
1: that movie very well, but that looks like an outfit that you could wear around Christmas time with the family.
2: Yep, (laughs) yep. I think I figured it out. I think I figured it out.
0: Well, unfortunately, I have seen that movie, and I can tell you, he plays the neighbor, and they have like a Christmas party competition with Christmas lights and stuff every year, and he's disappointed that the cranks are going out of town. So that's the character he plays in that. I don't know if that helps us in any way, but uh, if those if those dates line up, the costume certainly does. That looks like something somebody would wear at a Christmas party, I suppose.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I I'm I'm thinking I think I'm gonna hit the nail on the head. See, I, I thought he like had a conversation he said originally with him and then they sat down to film another one. So I'm just assuming Dan Aykroyd will just sit there and start talking to people for an hour and a half at a time.
1: He actually says that in the in the course of the, the picture that he 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 thinks people come up to him more so than he volunteers to talk to the uh, to anyone in general about UFOs. He said people seek him out for his opinion on it. Did you guys hear that part? Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> We're both speechless, but yeah, we yeah,
0: <laughs> we both heard it. I, I don't know what to say to that. Well, like yeah. I, they said at a certain point that Dan Aykroyd's an authority on UFOs, and, and I. Well, I'm not questioning that, but I'm just wondering what his credentials I'll tell you are. What, what has he done to become an authority? Because I don't even consider myself an authority, and I've done 200 episodes involving UFOs. That's how so I who feel, knows?
1: too. Yeah, I, I. but to be honest, he can talk so, I guess, eloquently about it and at great length. And all he says, you know, are, are very much cases that you've heard of, uh, characters in the field. Uh, he can talk about it, so I'm okay if he wants to call himself an expert or not. You know, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, he definitely knows his stuff. I, I caught a, a few little mistakes in there. He actually said the Allagash incident took place in Pennsylvania. I was like, Ah, I got you, you got bastard! <laughs> I was pretty happy about that because he is—he's a fast talker. He has—he has all this stuff memorized. All oh, the Betty and Barney Hill, nineteen sixty-one, blah 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 blah. He has it all like rapid fire, and you know, we're all kind of envious of that, I'm sure. Yeah. But he was wrong. He was wrong on one of them at least. So I.
2: That made me happy. I do have a note that's for later, but I'll bring it up now because I've heard him tell this story on a few different things I've stumbled across, like him being interviewed on or talking about the paranormal, and it's the Men in Black story he tells. Sure. And the reason I want to bring that up is because he makes sure to name check Britney Spears
0: every time.
2: He's like, oh yeah, Britney Spears called me, and I was talking to Britney Spears when I saw these Men in Black.
0: It is funny. Well, I mean, if Britney Spears called you in 2005, wouldn't you tell everybody if, about If, it if Britney well? Spears called me now, I would tell everybody <laughs> for the rest of my life.
2: <laughs> so I saw these men in black, and then Britney Spears called me, and man, she talked me. for. Well, what happened with the men in black? I don't know.
0: Well, we have a lot of people that I know don't actually watch the documentaries. They just listen to us (laughs) yammer on about them. So we'll give a a brief summary of what he's actually talking about. Uh, So he's telling a story about he was doing – actually, this is important that we bring this up. At some point, I think he said it was Fox. I didn't write that part down. But he had a a TV show where he interviewed a bunch of UFO experts. And um, I I think he was meeting with uh, Dr. Stephen Greer, if I remember correctly, and they went to have a cigarette outside. And while he was outside, the show got canceled. So he was on the phone talking to his manager <laughs> they, or whatever about they, the they're show like that got out canceled. Lines.
1: They're like, are they gone? Okay, good. Lock the door. Let's keep <laughs> them out of here. <laughs> yeah,
0: so, so the theory here and, and the theory that the the interviewer and, and director threw out there was that the military shut down the production of this TV show. So anyway, uh, Ackroyd's outside. He's on the phone. Britney Spears calls him to be on SNL or something. Yeah. And as he's talking to Britney Spears, he looks across the street and he sees sees a uh, a Ford um, Crown Vic, I guess it probably is. He said it was like a police vehicle, like a sedan, yeah, and yeah, like some sort of sedan. And he said there was two characters that he thought were Men in Black that were kind of staring bullets back into him. So that's pretty much the entire story that he told. Yeah, he but, glances uh, he glances
1: ahead. up, sees like this very tall man in black get out and just stare at him, and then he glances away and glances back and. The man and the car are both gone on Forty Second Street. I forgot and, about and that. And he part. was like, "There's no way they could have gotten away without you know either driving past me or me seeing you know, where they went." So that that was his Men in Black encounter. I'm I'm wondering, was it just somebody in
2: like a Blues Brothers cosplay that was that, <laughs> well, that was trying to show off to him?
1: You, <laughs> you can't tell me that. And then got nervous. Number one you don't see some freaky deaky characters in new york city number 2 you're on 42nd street it could have been somebody who was at security for you know a famous actor or something to do with broadway or a costume there are a lot of <laughs> there are a lot of explanations that could be for that but it's yeah, still a fun story there's a lot of easy ways to explain yeah. it it is,
0: it is. And if I had any kind of Men in Black encounter that I thought even remotely could have been Men in Black, I'd be telling everybody about sure. that as well. I'd throw Britney Spears into it somehow. She was, you know, in the car with me when we saw it. I don't know.
2: <laughs> she was on the car I'm with me to... and on the phone with me.
0: Like, that's how much I <laughs> yeah, knew that's her. that's what it was. <laughs> he does do a good bit of name dropping yeah. in this, I think.
2: So, yeah. um, one of the first sites, they, they, they go over, they have a lot of B-roll of him talking to where they've got, like, Um, shaky cam footage of and i I don't even think some of it is originally shaky cam footage i think the guy just shook the like images when he put them up too because i was getting like motion sickness watching some of this stuff of like different sightings different photos different like reports and stuff over dan talking and one of them is the one that they it was like the mexican um gulf one where they were like in the gulf of mexico and they saw lights that were following them i know was big like in the early 2000s and i Mm. think if i remember correctly they don't talk about it there but i think some other place did like a breakdown they said it was like oil rigs in the distance or something
0: i'd actually heard the exact same thing and and what it is is you're looking at uh oil rigs that are all lit up and they're 60 miles away or something but since you're at altitude, you can't really determine where the horizon yeah. is because it's dark hmm. outside. So it looks like these are actually flying when in reality they're on the ground. And I think that's what somebody pointed out you might be referencing yeah. to, uh, Zinger. Does that sound yeah, correct? Yeah,
2: it, it does. It's just that that one stood out because – but the thing is, most of the stuff they were showing, he wasn't talking about. And then other stuff they would, so it was just random images and stuff of different UFOs. And I will say this. There is way too many Billy Meyer photos.
1: yeah. Well, he kept showing <laughs> like, the same one over and over too.
0: Yeah, it was the same like five pic- or five videos that they just kept showing on a loop, basically.
1: Yeah,
2: and and for those of you who don't know who Billy Meyer is, I'm I'm not going to dive into that just wormhole of crazy. But if you imagine the most cliche looking faked photo of a UFO, <laughs> that yeah. it was it, it was probably taken by Billy Meyer. I'm just throwing it out there, like it's one of those things where he pops up in like so many weird UFO things, and I'm like, this kind of takes credibility away from everything they're doing to be using his photos. In my opinion, personally, I don't know about anyone else.
1: Well,
0: well I don't know if it was widely known that Billy Meyer was faking photographs in
1: 2005. I'm, David, do you happen to I, know if that's? I that's I, I don't uh, I don't off the top of my head. Um, I was going to say that this. Why not? <laughs> I, I'm Aren't you not an expert an in this field. <laughs> 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 That's why I defer to him as the expert. <laughs> I know that uh, this this documentary had uh, quite a few names you might recognize. You mentioned Stephen Greer; he's he's big in the field. And then there's uh, Bassett. Is it Stephen Bassett too? I'm getting my, I'm getting Stephen's mixed up. I think it is. I'm not as well, familiar with yeah, him. Here, here, uh, I, this is a great way to prove my point. You know, everybody knows these names. And then there's Richard Dolan; he he pops up in there. Uh, you mentioned. Uh, Billy Meyer with the photographs, and then you've got uh, John Hutchison, which is a very interesting art that they showed in there, and that's when I was kind of like, oh, okay, so this is sort of a catch-all documentary. I hope you don't believe all of this stuff, (laughs) because Mm -hmm. that guy has been debunked into the ground.
2: He was on a lot of, like, this time frame stuff for, like, history and um, Discovery Channel. For any time they they did a documentary on, like, the Bermuda Triangle, they would get him in there instantly. Yeah, he was on speed like Yeah, and and have him talking. And it's funny, because I, like, heard the name, and I'm like, why does that ring a bell? And I saw the experiment, I'm like, oh, him. And then I did manage to notice this, too. Did you notice it said Canadian Scientist? Is there a difference between Canadian and like any other scientist?
1: They're more polite.
2: <laughs> I I just noticed like like with, with the letters flying, and I'm like, oh, he's a Canadian scientist. Why does that make a difference? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, they put scientist in asterisks. too. Yeah. So. I don't know what that means. So, if, Canadian if, in double asterisks. If you guys uh, listening, don't if that doesn't seem familiar or doesn't ring a bell. John Hutchison is. Uh, a quote-unquote Canadian scientist, that is said to have discovered a way to levitate objects through uh, Tesla coils and zero-point energy and all kinds of other uh, pseudo-babble and techno-speak. And it was basically debunked because he had turned his camera upside down and gravity was actually doing the the heavy lifting for him. So it looked like things were um, floating off the table or falling off the... I mean, falling up, because he, he turned the, um, the actual video of it back right side up. So it looked like things were floating up off the table or falling up off the table. Uh, he also had a string holding something up at one point. You could see the string. He claimed it was supplying energy or, or electricity to whatever was levitating it was pretty amazing the lengths he went to to try and hoax this, but people called him out. He he admitted to some of it. He he kind of just got slammed out of existence <laughs> for the most part. Well, what's crazy about
0: that is is he took meetings with a lot of uh military personnel that were really interested in what his claims were. Couldn't So I wonder it. how you know yeah how 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 did that Meeting, yeah. Go. I mean, he, all right, lift this cannonball and, and he and he he's like, Hold on, let me flip everything upside yeah, down. couldn't, yeah, do it. If I
2: remember correctly, from one of the I, I know it had to have been a Bermuda triangle doc, um, they show like his apartment, and his apartment's basically filled with like a ton of different, like, basically, imagine what the inside of a number dead station, dead bodies, <laughs> yes. But, but besides that, in the other room, uh, just imagine what a number station would look like, like full of a ton of different knobs, dials ton of different stuff he said he does not take notes and that's why it's hard for him to replicate stuff because he just always just tests and i'm like scientific theory out the window this guy's got it and by that i mean no is that
1: how all canadian scientists <laughs> <Yeah>. do it <laughs> what kind of degrees are they giving away in canada
2: <laughs> if, if it doesn't work at first put maple syrup on it
1: <laughs> here's your
0: poutine and here's your degree <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I did have him noted because I forgot he existed, and this documentary was like, oh, yeah, and now I remember I kind of did,
0: too. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, I kind of did, too, uh, and I didn't know a lot about the, the hoaxing stuff. I knew he was a proven hoax or a proven hoaxer, but I didn't know the details of it, and I guess I forgot about him and never <laughs> yeah, so it's pretty, pretty amazing. Did
2: anyone else catch the thing where – Dan Ackroy talks about a lot of stuff throughout this entire thing, and and like like we said, he speedballs through some of this stuff. But there was one time where he was talking about like, oh, there's 21 different dimensions.
1: Yeah, he said 11 or 21. I think he was referencing string theory.
2: Yeah. At the time. And then there's another time where he's talking like, oh, well, there's a like dimension like could be like a millimeter big right beside my ear, and I'm like, who's your source on this? It just sounds like you're just saying stuff at this point. So I I didn't know that, just, just the 21 different dimensions. It was such a random number to come up
1: with. That, I think, pretty specifically comes from string theory, and that was pretty hot at the time. 2000, 2005, that was, that was the new hotness in physics and theoretical physics. So I'm sure, because, and, and he makes a point to say something like, we used to think, you know, there are three or four dimensions, and now people are starting to think there might be 11 or 21. He, he puts it some way like that to reference that this is still kind of theoretical, but if it is, it could explain some of the stuff that's going on.
0: The the thing I noticed about it as an overall, the documentary, the first half of it, or the first third of it, at least, was somewhat factual, I guess you could say. Like, they were talking, it wasn't so much opinions and and off-the-wall physics theories and stuff like that. It was like, oh, well, you know, bringing it up again, Barney and uh, Betty Hill, and, and they're bringing up different examples and stuff like that. At a certain point, it just kind of all devolves into, at a certain point, this director, and I hate to keep bringing them up, but... He he wants to know who Dan Aykroyd would visit if he can go back oh, in time. Oh yeah, like, that part. What kind of sentence? What kind of question? Do you have Dan Aykroyd, and you're going to ask him something like that? Like that's, I remember my first interview. That's all <laughs> I can say.
2: I, uh, that and and it was all like wasn't it theoretical
0: physicists or something? Yeah, that's who he wanted to yeah, visit. Yeah, it was Einstein yeah, and um, just, I can't even remember half of them. That's definitely not my field right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Richard
1: Feynman, I think, is one of them. That sounds Which, familiar. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a pretty cool guy.
0: <laughs> the the
2: questions he asked them are very random and weird. And also, I want to know what their cigarette budget was <laughs> for this. I mean, I know Dan Aykroyd's someone who smokes or did, but man, I I swear I just saw him constantly like lighting cigarettes and stuff. Like every time they went to like what one question per cigarette.
1: It's it's true. It's true. It's hard to know. How long they talked and how many they went through, but um, yeah, he was he was ripping on those cigs. Uh, he had one in every shot. Every shot he had. I a have to right say also this this whole documentary was very much about the people whoever was talking on camera. They just loved clearing their throat while they were talking. <laughs> it was like they were talking like this, and then they just keep going and. Sometimes they just straight up cough, and then they keep going, and it's like, I don't hear that.
0: Well, in all fairness, Dan Aykroyd had three packs of cigarettes in that three hours, (laughs) and and because of the secondhand smoke, the poor director also had a pack, so they're all going to be coughing.
2: Speaking of the director, I just happened to check him out. He has been on Mystery Hunters, as himself, for the NASA UFO and Montreal UFO, and he's also been on, you ready for this? You ready? Ancient aliens, as hmm. himself. For the episode was mysterious places and alien devastation. And it says he was an expert from Lightstream Technologies for that one.
0: Whoa.
1: <laughs> that sounds nefarious, doesn't it? <laughs> Not at all. It's it's it's. <laughs> so I'll I'll say this about him. I wish I had his hairline, and also. He reminded me of, like, Jersey Shore Rob Lowe. Yeah, I could see that completely. <laughs> he, he almost looked a
0: little bit like one of the, the Lowe brothers. Yeah. And then he he had that, like, Jersey Shore kind of attitude about him a little bit. I think he's Canadian, though, believe it or not.
2: Um, You are, I believe, correct? Yeah, because <laughs> oh, cause, cause they mention, they, they talk about being Canadian at one point, or they say something about being Canadian, like, Because Dan Aykroyd's Canadian, and he says something to him about, oh, you know, us being Canadians or something. Like, he references it somewhere, I feel. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to see if I can find any informa- more information on this guy. I don't know how much more I want to look up, though, because, ugh.
0: Well, while you're looking, i, I got to bring this up. They show Gordon Cooper, who, if you don't know, is a, a very old astronaut. I think he passed away several years ago. But uh, he was from the original, I want to say, Mercury program. Anyway, they have him as an old man. He's probably in his 80s. And obviously, he's a slow talker and stuff. But if you watch him, the man does not yeah. blink. <laughs> I watched oh a couple God. clips. He does not blink. Like, I don't think they even showed him blink once. I don't. He might be an alien. Is that a possibility? Yeah. Like, I don't. He's been to space. Did they switch him out? What was that movie? Uh, Johnny Depp, Shirley's their, uh Astronaut's Wife, where right? he goes to space yeah. and is. I don't know if he's abducted. I haven't seen this thing. They in just years, switch but... out the
1: husks. They... Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> he's just a Johnny Depp suit. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, ah, oh, this will this will do for now. I'll get in this body, and I don't. I don't. He lands. He's like
2: sugar yeah.
0: water. Sugar
2: water. Okay. I I did find <laughs> out. I think this is the same one. He is a Canadian musician, singer, actor, playwright, pianist, and composer.
0: This is a family show. I I pronounce
2: it the way I feel like it. Um, Maybe this isn't (laughs) Penist?
1: Nobody pronounces it the way... Nobody feels like pronouncing it. Penist. I pronounce it the way I feel like... (laughs) Shut (laughs) up. (sighs) Penist. You know what? Oh, man. I don't like how people pronounce the word pianist. Here's how I feel like... (laughs)
0: Uh, and what would you call a, a someone that handles a lot of penises? <coughs> a virtuoso? A
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Oh, t- oh man. <laughs> oh. So, um, I have a note here that they talk about the black triangles and black rectangles that are often seen, or that's something more commonly seen. They keep showing images of the stealth bomber and everything. But they're like, it- it's not those, but we're going to show images oh, of those. Yes. Um, it's... A-
1: they did put that disclaimer up <laughs> perfectly um, illustrating what the black triangle looks like and it looks like a stealth bomber and they're like but don't think it's a stealth bomber but at-
0: no 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 stealth bombers make noise and UFOs <laughs> are quiet that, uh, these are different things
2: so have you ever gotten any reports um on monsters among us of like large black triangles or rectangles just floating through the sky
0: oh yeah yeah I've Man, probably five or six of them now that I've played, and there's probably a few other in the bank somewhere
2: and and they're definitely not stealth bombers
0: though uh, the descriptions that I heard they were more like the the description of the floating, hovering, like the dirigible kind of wedges rather than like the stealth style, if that makes any sense, like a big With- cheese wedge <laughs> well, people are talking about how they may be inflated. It's actually a blimp and not you know a rigid vehicle. So when people are seeing these big wedges that take up like an entire town, you're actually seeing some sort of inflated <laughs> balloon. Inflated with what? Uh, helium, or uh, it wouldn't be helium. Well, no be, wonder uh, we're running out. <laughs> 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 it's
2: all in these giant triangles that somehow vanish. Well, whatever they day.
0: whatever they put in the Goodyear blimp, I don't know what they put in there. It used mm. to be hydrogen, but I, I think that's flammable. So I think they're nuclear powered. I didn't say that's what I believe. I'm just saying that's what people talk about. Like,
2: I I just I just had that, and I and I, I did love how they immediately show those like it's not these, but just imagine it is these, but it's not these. <laughs> Switcheroo on you guys. Another thing that that kind of plays into is they talk about the Phoenix Lights for a little bit. But they don't, like, give an explanation, or they don't give the, like, I know the common thing at the time was they were writing that off as it was, like, a training. ex. Like, they just talk about instances, but don't, like, have him maybe debunk the debunking of it, which I would have found interesting if they had Dan Aykroyd do some of that. But, no, they just are like, oh, the Phoenix Lights, it's this event oh, yeah. where people, yeah. Yeah, and
1: they, then it's they like, reference those cases. I think they talked about the Battle of, the battle of L.A. as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I would have loved to have heard him, like, discuss or, like, give some, some pushback as somebody who's into this stuff on, like, here's what I think it is, pushing back against, like, the, oh, well, it was, you know, a training exercise or it was a weather balloon or something like, mm. like, pushing back saying, oh, well, this is the, instead of just, I'm going to make a statement and then move on from it. Not really referencing. Well, it. they
0: really don't go into much detail at all when they bring these it, uh, these little encounters up. It's just like, oh, the Phoenix Lights are a thing that happened, and then we move on to something else. They don't really give much detail. It, I guess there's a few interviews they do. They they interview, um, oh, I can't think of her name, but the the blonde lady that they interview for the Phoenix Lights. Oh, yeah, yeah. So she does give a little bit of information, but they really gloss over it for the most part. For a two-hour documentary, yeah. you'd think it would yeah. be more substance it was, to
1: it. It was pretty sporadic. I, I, I felt like, this is one of my main takeaways from it, too, I felt like there wasn't a very uh, clear plan, <laughs> a very clear format that they were going, like, this section goes into this section, you know, we're going to talk about this, this, and this. It It just sort of seemed stream-of-consciousness where they would talk about something and then that, that would lead somehow to Billy Meyer's photos which would lead to the um Phoenix lights which would go into Betty and Barney Hill and it 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 really was disjointed to me and maybe if I watched it again I'm not going to watch it again it might uh be clearer that they actually had a plan you know for <laughs> in in different sections but on this watch I I just felt like we were jumping from thing to thing, and there was no real format. What did you guys think?
0: I watched it twice, and you're 100 percent right. They had no plan whatsoever. <laughs> they literally sat. They 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 got Dan Aykroyd somehow, and they sat down with him for probably three hours. Cut a little bit of it out, I hope. And uh, I'd like to think it was it. more. And they're like, "Oh well, we'll edit this in. We'll splice in some footage that we probably stole." And that's the show, and that's pretty much all they did. They put some cheesy music behind it. The and music, some really I the music Ugh.
1: really kind of distracted uh, in in a bunch of parts in this in this one for me. It was distracting. What did did you guys? Did it bother yeah. you as well?
0: I wouldn't say it bothered me, but I didn't think it was great. Um, I, nothing about this was great, other than Dan Aykroyd just being entertaining. I think that was the best part and the only redeeming value of this documentary, if I'm honest. Is him talking and just, uh, just seeing the, the knowledge that's in mm-hmm. his head uh, mm-hmm. that he can just regurgitate and in, do it so well that that to me blew me away. The rest of it was just kind of like a jumbled mess of YouTube clips. Mm. Really, that's a good way to put so, it. So,
2: so are you supposed to when you're shooting a headshot for like these documentaries and stuff? I mean, I I obviously know the answer. I'm just asking for the for the. Listener out there, are you supposed to cut off like either half the top of their head or half of their chin and just have it at a weird angle where it's way <laughs> too close?
1: Well, with those shots, yeah, I, that was dumb. They had I, these I, zoomed in shots that they intercut, you know, from the regular interview type shot where they they frame a person from maybe the shoulders up, and they would intercut it with these zoomed in shots of right against uh, Dan Aykroyd's cheek. And yeah, it was basically from eyebrows to to lower lip was what you got. And I was like, why did you think that was a good decision that makes that that makes him look awful and makes the quality of the picture go down?
0: There was another camera operator that had like, I guess it was a video camera. He seemed to be laying on the ground underneath uh, Dan Aykroyd, and he would shoot up at him like, and move the camera like drastically, like, "Oh, there's a creature down." There. I don't know what he was trying to convey, but that, there was that shot as well that was equally as terrible.
2: Sorry, I'm 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 like scrolling through, and I just actually scrolled by one of those things, and they do use the um the Billy Meyer photos a lot. <laughs> like, I'm just randomly clicking on different parts, and it's like Billy Meyer photo, Billy Meyer photo, and it's like they're the most blatantly obvious fake-looking one things i've ever seen sorry I've, I've just got another angle i just noticed you yeah there, there it is it's like shooting almost up his nose almost <laughs> yeah an angle and and they um the the one guy they interviewed the older guy that doesn't blink
1: i think yeah. gordon yeah Cooper. i think he needed
2: subtitles
1: maybe he was yeah he i thought it was jimmy carter at first uh just <laughs> kind of like the way he talked and like this and yeah he's a that just, southern yeah, draw, real, and he's, southern he's also really
0: and... old so he barely <laughs> moves his mouth when
1: he talks it's an american hero we're making <laughs> you know what yeah yeah i'm not <laughs> it's just how That's, we're not how, proud he, that's how gordon cooper was we we love him to death um bless his heart right so we um we're learning things for shadows in the desert uh derek so don't shoot up someone's nose I get subtitles if we get somebody old. <laughs> Don't answer emails from Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> I gotta say, I, I really like Dan Aykroyd and I actually I thought I he too. was he was good in this. I respect his opinions and uh his point of view and I thought that uh like you said, Derek, he was probably the highlight of this and it was it was great to listen to him opine on all this stuff. And if you know, if he had stuff that happened to him that really makes him think that um, everything is real and and there's something going on and things, well, you know, more power to him. I can't say no to that. But uh, I I do still like Dan Aykroyd. I don't think I don't fault him or want to make fun of him in this uh, in any way because he he said some really interesting stuff and I think none of it is so cuckoo that I would say. Okay, Dan Aykroyd has lost all my respect, and and I never want anything to do with him. Uh, I think he, yeah, yeah, he'd be fascinating to talk to, and I I, I did think uh, it it was a, a treat to just hear him talk about so much stuff so um, eloquently. Well,
0: speaking of that, and we kind of touched on it earlier, but he, he talks about this TV show that he had lined up, and I guess it was uh, every series or every episode he would sit down with a couple different people in the UFO field, interview them, and talk about different cases and, and what they know and stuff like that. It sounds super interesting, especially if he's going to be hosting it, because like we said, we could watch him read the back of a cereal box or something. <laughs> So, what do you guys think of that show concept? Do you think it would have been fun to see? Did you actually see it? Did it come out somewhere and I missed it? Or uh, let, Let's talk about his, okay. his TV show that failed. I
2: actually just clicked on and found something on this. I think this is it. And it says, in 2002, Sci-Fi Channel later renamed Sci-Fi. Uh, greenlit <laughs> the hi- <laughs> Sci-Fi. Um... Hollywood actor and UFO enthusiast Dan Aykroyd's talk show about the paranormal. Dozens of episodes were filmed. The show was canceled and never aired. It was... And the name they got here is Dan's Out There. (laughs) I mean... I wonder why it got canceled. (laughs) So, I mean... they, They don't have much information on it. And he said they had a ton of stuff shot for it. So I'm just wondering, like... Where is that? Because he was talking back in 2005 about putting it out and everything. Mm. Um, oh, here, actually there. They, they've got, uh, according to Aykroyd, 26 episodes were filmed overall in 2002. None of them have aired, and they have been in studio vaults ever since. Oh, wow. Probably because of the government. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, that's the claim he made, isn't it? Or that's at least what he alluded to was that he thought the government shut him down.
2: I just find it hard to believe that unless there's some – I mean, Derek, Derek, you might know more about this part of it, but unless there's something like that was signed or something to where you're like, you can't release these, period, or the rights are in some weird thing, like how have we not seen these in, what, almost 20 years?
0: Well, the way it usually works is if you're sitting on some sort of property like that, you're going to try to get it out there and recoup some of your funds unless it was some, they did some sort of insurance claim on the production, which – it doesn't sound like that's what it was, but there's sometimes where, you know, let's say your lead dies or something in the middle of production. Every production's insured so you can file a claim on that, and sometimes that will wipe out the entire production. So all that footage is just, you can't use it because it's obviously tied up. I don't know the the full details on that because we've never had to make a claim in the, all the years that I worked in all this stuff. But... Uh, what was your other question, Justin? Oh, no,
2: I, I no that that's perfectly fine. It was, I mean, what you're talking about is interesting, something I want to know about. So, no, it was, um, it was just I was just wondering, like, why haven't they released it yet? Then, like, like anything's oh, yeah, been yeah. released.
0: Well, the fact that they haven't, maybe that tells us something. Maybe he did get too close to something, and and the government didn't want people to to know this. But it's been 20 years, almost 15 years, at least. You'd think at a certain point that this stuff would just be free to release, but uh, who knows? Who knows?
2: Now, if if I may be so bold as to to put out a paranoid schizophrenic theory on what might have happened is maybe the insurance claim laid the groundwork for
1: his crystal head vodka. <laughs> maybe he never meant it to go to air at all. <laughs>
2: He's like, I got
1: an idea for some vodka, but I need
2: something to trash for that, that can just be canned first.
1: Have you guys ever had that vodka? I have not. I have it. I Is have it, it right now. I haven't either. Yeah. Do you. Is it any it good? It tastes like vodka. I, <laughs> uh, I'm i not a fan of vodka, so it may, maybe it's better than others. So like I potatoes don't know. and bad choices. <laughs> potatoes and bad choices. Potatoes and sadness. <laughs> <laughs> why it mixes so well with oh, anything. Hey, the bottle's cool. I'll give them that. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, it's a, it's a it's a really cool idea, yeah. to, you know, to bottle a liquor in the Crystal Skull. Like, you, you you know, you're speaking to a a group of of people that are interested in that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a smart move, but
2: and it's won a ton of awards. Know. Mostly the San Francisco World Spirit Award, uh, silver medal, double gold medal, mm. triple gold. Now I'm I'm joking on the last one, but yeah, a lot of gold medals and stuff. Mm. Apparently, mm. Um, no, and and it's funny because like the new like you can tell like. When he was interviewed, Dan was, if you, like, listen to newer stuff, because he will, like, pitch um, the vodka, like, left and right out of nowhere, just like, I mean, I I think instead of smoking cigarettes now, he just fills that time with, by the way, I'm having a nice, cool glass of Crystal Head Vodka available at your local um, stores. And And that's the thing, if this thing was shot now, I guarantee you they would not have had those zoomed in shots, they would all have been zoomed out, and you would have seen the Crystal Skull uh, bottle right there it's constantly, just, or he yeah. would have slowly held it up by his head every time there was a close
1: up. It's just a, a backlit wall full of shelves of those heads. <laughs> um, it was like it's like the governor in that season of The Walking Dead. You remember that? Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, there there are two things uh I want to not forget to talk about with you guys. One of them. They talked about those um, the the tether from the space station I think it was. Yeah. That broke free and it was they said it was a 12 mile tether. Did you yes. did you hear that too? I was thinking of that
0: I did and and I was trying to picture how they got that into space. 12 miles of anything. 12 miles of fishing string is heavy, like huge. Too. Uh, how did they get it up heavy, huge? Like how did they get it up there? Like that's that's a that's yeah. a lot. And then you look at it, and it just looks like a 50-foot piece of string is what it really looks like on the, on so the video. So
1: that's when they were saying that um, the cameras, I guess it was, was it infrared uh, cameras, picked up these blobby mm-hmm. amoeba-like things. They looked like fat little lifesavers candies that were floating yeah. out there around it. And they're they're saying that that is alien life, and we can't detect it with, with our human eyes and this is proof that there are things out there and we just don't know how to look for them or don't can't interact with them like that and they said that they were like a mile or two miles long because of their comparative size to that tether in the video and this has been a um it's a controversial thing that has come up a lot in ufology and When people talk about these things, are these things real? Are there amoeba type or the jellyfish, you know, out there in space? Or is it something to do with the camera? A lot of people have said maybe it's water droplets because they had just vented uh, something with the water or, or maybe the sewage at the time. And that was either closer than they think on the camera lens or showed up somehow. Or, you know, it kind of coalesced out there in space and it was actually just water. I don't know. Pretty pretty wild. Uh,
2: so I just queued up that scene real quick, and it says that the tether is 77 to 100 miles away from the camera. Yeah, that too. And and that these are passing And, and the
0: craft passes behind the tether. Yes. Uh, according to what they said, they show a close-up of it, and I'm skeptical of that, but they say that it passes behind that tether, which would make it, I think they said up to four miles wide, or I think you said a mile, something like, a miles, yeah. anyway, a, a huge disk. Yeah. I think it's interesting that the idea that these are somehow only seen through infrared, uh, that could explain a lot why we couldn't see them. It doesn't really exist anywhere else in the world I that I can think of, that you can see a living organism that only shows up in infrared, uh, but I don't see infrared, so maybe they're everywhere and I just don't see them. But um, uh, that's not how that works, by the way. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I thought it was interesting, but also, I mean, just looking at it, it's like it could very well just be water droplets and whatever shape we're seeing could be a reflection of the, the lens of the camera or the uh, what do they call those charge coupling device, the little piece inside the camera mm-hmm. that actually records it. Uh, it. It could be a lot of things that we're looking at. So
2: um, ironically, like I've I've seen these images before and stuff. I feel the more compelling space stuff is the stuff they showed way earlier on where it was like, like, solid light objects moving around in space, possibly, but of course all those, they're like, oh, this has been sped up so it looks like it's moving way faster than it actually is. As for these, like, little like, donut-shaped things, almost, that they are seeing, Mm -hmm. I almost feel like the camera's not focusing on what it is. Like, it could be ice crystals or stuff that, because, I mean, you have a cable going out, or this tether, sorry, tether going out and it snaps. I mean, it's in space, but still, debris and stuff are gonna go off it and be flowing around, and if you're and if your focal length on your camera isn't at the right spot, those are going to turn into just something completely weird and out there. Almost like if you're taking st- pictures with a digital camera in a very dusty house and you're like spirit orbs. Am mm-hmm. I, am I raining on parades right now with that? Also the seeing this stuff rings really um, true to me with like rods and stuff like that with people like saying, Oh, I saw, you know, I took this picture and there's a rod in it. It's like, it's a bug. No, it's, it's a rod. because it It's like the camera wasn't shooting that particular thing, so it wasn't focused on it.
0: We should also point out that these craft or, or saucers or whatever you want to call them, they're a bit translucent. So to say that it goes behind, it's really difficult to tell that it actually went behind that tether. Like it could just be so translucent that you can't uh, really judge the distance. So in that case, again, that makes that more likely that what Justin's saying is true or could be true anyway.
2: I was just going to say that I mean I've I got a new telescope for for the holidays and everything. Ellie got me a new telescope and I've been messing with that and it's one of the ones that has the um like big old like mirror in the back and then the stuff up and then the stuff up front you're looking through it and everything. If I don't have that properly focused when I'm looking at stuff, it looks like these things. It looks like a circle with like a light around it. and I'll sit there and you know adjust the focus and it's like, "Oh, okay, I'm looking at th- I'm looking at a star or something." But if I don't have it focused, it's like, what is that? Oh, is there something? It, no, it's just take take time to focus
0: it in. You'd also think that if there were craft or whatever these things are, again, flying around and you can only see them with infrared, why wouldn't other footage surface? Why wouldn't amateurs be shooting up into space with their infrared cameras trying to capture this kind of thing? It's just another reason that tells me this is probably something explainable that uh, NASA knows what it is, but they just didn't bother explaining to us low lives, <laughs> Us peasants. <laughs>
1: Us TP hoarders down here. <laughs> the other thing I that's, wanted to... Um...
2: That's what it is. It's toilet paper rolls in space. That's why they're like... <laughs> that's, <what> it is. <laughs> that's it. The
1: government doesn't for it. want you to know it's hoarding it. And it's, it's storing it in the one place you can't get to, plebs. Space. <laughs> that's what Space um,
2: Force is for. It's to protect the toilet paper. Oh, man, yeah. it's all
1: coming together. That dude that tried to see if the Earth was flat or not Mad yep. Mike. He he was the one. He, <laughs> he died for a He was sins. a hero. <laughs> and now he's a martyr. Um, <laughs> So the other thing I wanted to uh. talk about was something that really blew my mind in this. Uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd said that he thought of time travel in a way that I don't think I've ever kind of considered before. But, you know, the whole concept of time travel where everything's happening all at once in the sense that, five minutes ago is still it, this is this is gonna sound crazy it's still happening somewhere uh because of the way time uh space time we're, we're going through we're going through reality I guess is the way to put it man it's already melting fetus mama bird like, fetus. you know you can yeah you can see the uh, the past right when you when we observe stars and galaxies that is the past. Coming to us with yeah. the photons, so in a way, all of time is happening all at once. And if you think of uh, a point, a moment, let's say the moment that you fixed lunch today, let's say, and if you go to dinner time, if you were to to time travel back to that moment you fixed lunch, you basically have to choose this one moment out of you know all moments that are happening past and present, but they're but you imagine them as all being laid out in front of you and you can see it all, you know, every moment all at once. You just pick whichever one you're going to. And therefore, since everything's kind of laid out, everything's already happened and you just pick that moment to go to. Man, it it, it sounds so freaky deaky, but when you think about it, it's it's pretty crazy to think that way. And therefore something that has already happened is still about to happen somewhere else. It, and, and you think that way, it's, a, it's probably better to imagine it as coming from another galaxy. When we look out and see that uh, the, the light is coming to the Hubble telescope, and then we process that and, and see that image, that has already happened. But there's still light that's coming that is going to happen that has already happened. Does that make sense?
2: I have never, ever heard someone explain the way Dr. Manhattan from The Watchmen sees time better than you have just done. Thank you, sir.
1: <laughs> it's wild. And I have no idea what he just said. <laughs> yeah, maybe I shouldn't have ended with, did that make sense?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I follow it. I, I mean, I understand the logic of, you know, what we see in space is is stuff that's that's happened already. But that's about. So as far yeah, as my, you just you just love. take
1: that and and put it in a more mundane setting. You know, you just you went to the bathroom this morning. It, it still happened. It's happening. It will happen sometime again somewhere for someone or something or won't. But those the photons, everything that has you know been ripping through space, uh, happening right here in this moment in this space. It's it's kind of not fixed in time in that sense. And it, yeah, it really so, melts. So, are you saying if I go far enough, if I go
0: far enough away, I can see the past? Yes. Is that yeah. Well, like absolutely kind of what
1: you're that. Yeah, for sure.
0: Okay, but can we can't go to the past? We can only well, see the past, right? Because if we try to go to it, then we I will catch never up. say no to
1: that because I don't know <laughs> there may be. Well, I, I don't know. I was asking more than telling. We'll think I have about, about no it. Idea. If you're looking at uh, the galaxy, the next galaxy over, and you see there's you know millions of years in the past, is there a way? And this is very theoretical and out there, and this is why I'm posing it to you guys. Is there a way to jump on a certain moment that you're witnessing and live out that moment? Right now, I would say no, because it's not the physical reality of that that's happening. Right now, it is the visual reality that we're getting and processing. But is there a way to jump into that moment via the photons that are coming to you? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so, know? so I, I, I guess, can I sum this up with
2: <clears throat> instead of um, people normally say time is a river. This is presenting it as time is actually like a lake or an ocean or a, a like it, it 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 doesn't flow in the sense we believe it as it's just constantly everywhere around us.
1: That is a great way to put it because time is um only relative to our perception. Um, and it also, and I mean, you also have to think of time getting affected by large objects too. the larger, the object, the slower time moves around it. Uh, I think of the movie interstellar where they go to that giant planet with the, with the huge tidal waves and they get stuck for an hour, but seven years have passed up in the, the craft that they got there in. And so their colleague up there has aged seven years, but for them, it's only been an hour.
2: And you stole my backup joke of instead of the Watchmen thing, I was gonna be like, "Wow, you just described the end of the to the next um whatever it is,
1: can, Christopher, remember, Nolan oh, Christopher Nolan movie." Christopher Nolan movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's that's. Scary. <laughs> I just make
2: it so complex, people will like it.
0: <laughs> that is one proven way to time travel: mm-hmm. is to oh man, I'm gonna screw this up. Basically, you fly to uh, mm-hmm. Jupiter, I don't know, and you circle Jupiter, but because of the gravity of the planet, it it takes. It sucks up time or something. So basically, you land when you circle back around and you come back to Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's twenty forty, but you're still the same age you were when you left. Two right. years it took you to do the journey or whatever. I'm terrible at explaining
1: this stuff because I barely understand it. But no, you you got it. You you totally got it. Time slows for that for that person and in, in that for their perception and uh, basically for their reality. Like you said, they will come back the same age or. Uh, you know, however long that's supposed to take. But meanwhile, Earth, everybody has... The time that everybody perceives on Earth would be that constant. Uh, So when you slow down over there, this other thing here keeps going. It's really freaky. uh, And you can only go forward right now. That's the thing that that kind of catches everybody on the time travel aspect. You, You can... Time can only go forward... That we know of right now, now, if there was a way to uh, figure out the inverse of that then then you could I guess go fast enough to go back in time, but right now, you know, <laughs> we don't have anything good yeah, you have to find uh, something that to figure that out it, right and and if you were to go faster than light speed, then time would stand still for you, and possibly mm-hmm. you could go back in time because the 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 speed of light is how we perceive things. You know, we, we get the photons and our brain processes that. You go faster than that, everything stands still. And then if you go faster than that, it might start running, you know, uh, backwards. But, you know, there are limitations, uh, weight being one of them, the energy being another. So, yeah, it, it's, it's fascinating. This is, time travel is one of my absolute favorite things to talk about with this kind of stuff. <laughs> It's I so fun. Didn't pick up on that at all. <laughs> didn't no no. I should lay it on thicker next time. <laughs> well, just a little bit, just a little bit
0: thicker. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Advil. Did that give you a headache? Try Advil. <laughs> yeah, Excedrin. <laughs> I had a headache this big. Oh, only you old people understand that one. Like that's an old slogan. Yeah, that's that's little, that's tough yellow, to wrap your head different. around. Like I get what you're saying, but man, just the the scale of it, the. <laughs> oh, because you you can't apply In it to this, anything. There's nothing you can apply to, like no. compare it to. Like, oh, I'll just equate it to going to the grocery store, but you don't lose time. Well, I guess you do at my grocery store, but at most you don't.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it is just wild and and so fun to talk about. Uh, and and it all relates. The reason I, I even talk about it is because uh, they were talking about perhaps these are beings or crafts from the future that are coming back to observe or whatever. Uh, I think that was thrown in there at some point. I love that but, theory, by the way.
0: That's That makes more yeah. sense than just about anything else, I think. I, I, to me, that makes more sense than creatures... You know, hurtling across space to visit this one tiny rock that they probably do- don't even know exists. To me, it makes more sense that, of course, as we evolve and turn into these weird-looking creatures, because we don't go outside anymore, when we go back in time, they're <laughs> oh not going to recognize us, and we're going to want to go back in time. We're going to want to go back and see, you know, the nightmare that we were. And,
1: ah, uh, jeez. This... Yeah. I oh, would yeah. go back. I would go back in time and, and watch what was... Well, on. let
0: me pull a David Sidera and ask you, if you could go back to any time in history, where would it be? I, I, I get, I, okay, are we
2: physically going back, or are we, like, I'm, I'm sitting down in front of, like, a screen, and it's able to show, like...
0: I'd say you're physically going past, back, but your safety is guaranteed. How's
1: that?
2: I'd like to say a dinosaur.
1: That's my answer, too. <laughs> three hmm. for three? That's, th- these are... No, I think I would. Uh, I would go back and see what the hell Göbekli Tepe was about. It's dinosaurs. <laughs> so three for three. Dinosaurs built it. Yeah, it was a dinosaur. David walks out of his refrigerator
0: time machine, and a stegosaurus just walks by.
1: What the hell?
0: Didn't <laughs> <laughs> they? They have stegosaurus carvings into think. the wall at Göbekli Tepe, don't they?
1: Oh, that was uh, Angkor Wat. Oh, it was hey, Angkor yeah. Wat.
0: Okay, stegosaur. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there goes my joke, then. <laughs> Nobody was going to get so that many,
1: anyway. <laughs> there's, there, there's so many periods that uh, would be fun to 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 just watch or look at or observe, I guess is the <laughs> word I'm looking for. Um,
2: J- go to the Senate. I don't know. When Caesar's murdered, run in a few minutes late and go, Caesar, watch out! Oh, I'm too late again. Bye! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, that's evil. Okay, uh, <laughs> you could save the guy. You could go like one minute before and save him, but no, no because then it messes
2: up history. If you just go that's true. and then that's true, you're you're able to get that first first Caesar's dead joke in there that you know is just everyone's just pining for all the time back then.
0: I wonder, <laughs> you know, they talk about the butterfly effect, where if you change one thing. Like Let's say we go back in time and our time travel machine lands on a banana tree or some equivalent, some tree back in the day. I wonder what kind of effect that would actually have on – obviously, it's probably going to be different every time, but would something that small have an effect to to today? I mean, if we went back to 65 million years ago to uh, dinosaur times and and did that, is this crazy talk or is this uh, a legitimate
1: question? (laughs) Oh, it's, yeah, it's it's the best thought uh, experiment you could do. It's so so nuts how things would change. They even bring it up in the documentary. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd talks about, uh, you know, if you could go back, would you kill Hitler? And he was like, oh, no, I, was. I I wouldn't change past uh, because there's so much, you know, you don't know what what it would change. He, and then he goes on to say, well, look, if you killed Hitler, the Germans just had uh, Dinkler waiting in the wings, who was also a very good orator and... Was waiting to like stir up the fervor. So he was, according to him, killing Hitler wouldn't have done shit. Well, it might be
0: right. You know, the other guy might have been like a military genius or something. Like, I think we all know that Hitler wasn't. So, uh, yeah, he's dead on. I mean, that could have drastic uh, repercussions. I mean, obviously, it makes sense. Like, oh, yeah, you do want to kill the the man that I I think the number is 9 million that killed 9 million people, but it could get a lot worse you know if what's that uh amazon prime show man in a high tower
2: yeah uh, the and the Cast- yeah. high castle Book, yeah. too
0: i haven't seen it or read it but i watched trailers <laughs> so anyway guys would you uh, let's let's get off of here we've been on here forever uh would you guys recommend people watch this if so why if not why justin let's hear from you first
2: i say one watching's good to this if if nothing else then the uh, it's the, the the level of knowledge Dan Aykroyd has and just belts out, even if we did catch one or two mistakes here and there, is mind blowing because this was pre internet, too, or the, the internet existed, but it wasn't it was early days. Yeah, he had to get this information from like actually going out, and reading books, going out and finding this information himself. Like, I mean, yeah, the internet was around, but it wasn't the cavalcade of Wikipedia that it is now, to where I think all the information we got today probably came from wikipedia or imdb for a lot of this stuff i know mine did so it, it's it's just interesting and i, I like I said, i've heard him talk bef- uh, after he's done this and it's really cool i would like to see directed by somebody else an, a, like sit down or like to redo those shows or to like have him do like a like, like, like a paranormal thing. I mean, there's so much of that around now. It's like, I would find it hard to believe that they hit on something that drastic. And for him to also talk about, like, disclosure and everything. To have, like, these, like, actual, like, because so much has changed in, what, it's been, like, 15 years since then? So much has changed in that world that it would be cool to kind of see what he thinks now. And if his show, like, I'm going try that show again. hopefully. Britney Spears doesn't call him again to be on SNL, because maybe that was actually what the curse was. It was, if Britney Spears never called him, those men in black would have never stopped him.
0: And then she shaved her head the next day, so I don't know what that was all about.
2: <laughs> he, Yeah, exactly. He wasn't paying attention when he was talking to her, and he's like, yeah, 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 just shave it all off. I don't know what the hell she's talking about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? Uh, David? David, what did you think? Oh, boy.
1: <laughs> well, I think if you are a fan of Dan Aykroyd and are interested in ufology, I think this uh, is worth a watch. Um, I don't know that I would recommend it to just anybody, though. I don't, I don't know that it's uh, a good enough quality to to, to like run out and um, find it and, and make time for it. If everybody's cooped up and mm-hmm. you're looking for some kind of entertainment and you like Dan Aykroyd, I think go for it. Uh, again, I think that uh, I have a lot of respect for Dan Aykroyd, and um, I liked what he was saying. And he did do a, a, a fair amount of promoting the idea that maybe uh, there are benevolent and malevolent uh, entities out there. In uh, by entities, I mean uh, aliens, aliens. Uh, who may be trying to help mankind and maybe trying to hurt it. Uh, and he he hopes that there there are ones that that do want to help the human race and he has a very positive uh outlook on it uh if you know if aliens exist and are coming and visiting and and stuff and it it kind of dips into hippy dippy kind of thought but it is you know positive and i uh, appreciate that at least <laughs> at least he's thinking uh, good vibes so yeah i think if If you don't know much about the the stuff that we were mentioning, there's a lot more that we didn't mention, a lot more Mm -hmm. stories and and what they talked about. Um, And so if you want to brush up on that, I think it's a a good way to do it. Uh, But I wouldn't put it very high in the the quality category, just the way it's uh, put together.
0: Well, it looks like it was shot in, like, 1996 or something. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just bad quality. I, I kind of side with you guys. I'm going to recommend this as something you put on while you're doing dishes or cooking dinner or something. You can hear it in the background. If you can hear it, that's plenty. You don't need to see what's going on. It's just... Dan Aykroyd smoking and and views up his nose holes, but um, <laughs> just just kind of just kind of listen to what he's saying, hear him talk. That part is exciting. That part is fun. It kind of gets you inspired a little bit. Like, oh yeah, I remember this. I remember that. I want to learn more about this. But uh, the rest of it can be kind of left. Back in two thousand five, you know, I think. You know, Derek, that's
2: a great point. Treat this documentary as a podcast. Turn it on. Don't watch it. Just listen to it. Of course after you listen to all this. And and our great shows. At the shows. same time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we we're doing a
0: riff tracks. Oh we by, should we should do rift tracks.
2: By the way, I I have had that I've noticed people have also put that out there that they want us to do that. The logistics they of want it want us
1: to do rift tracks.
2: They they want us to watch a documentary or one of these movies and do a riff tracks to it. I'm not against it. But I am not <laughs> the the level of editing and matching up would be astounding it would be almost as much as doing a documentary about um about the shadows in the desert uh go ahead plug 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 guys
1: we would have to be in the same room i think for that to really work
0: (laughs) yeah
2: well i set you guys up for that plug but apparently no one wanted to plug that in so darn
1: How are we doing on that, Derek? We're about uh, 80% funded, I think, right now. So definitely haven't hit the goal yet. If you guys want to see what we're doing and want to help us make this happen, please do. There's still time to check it out and uh, fund, help us fund it, uh, get something back in return. And um, still plenty of time to hit some stretch goals, one of which is a a blooper reel that I think people would probably uh, get a real kick out of. I'm
0: secretly hoping we don't hit that goal because I don't want the blooper reel to go out. But it's important that we do say that we need that extra, that flex money. Like 20 is our lowest we could possibly go and get this thing made. We yeah, really need that extra, extra, that extra money. So if you guys uh, see that it's funded, still continue to, to pledge money because uh, we'll, we'll put whatever we get to use. And, and we'll uh, you, the more we make, the better this film is going to look, the better it's
1: going to turn out. So uh, I don't know, help us out. We appreciate it. And you can find that on either of our websites or social media pages or search Shadows in the Desert on Kickstarter.com.
0: That's important. We should probably add that. Uh, anything else you guys <laughs> want to uh, address before we duck out of here? I, I mean, do do we want to
2: put put this out there of, you know, be safe, be smart out there right now, everyone? Stay home? Yeah. Oh, I was going to say be safe, be smart, but I guess if we really want to make it blatant. Yeah, stay stay home.
1: Um. <laughs> Subscribe to your favorite podcast, yes. these these ones. I, Give I money
2: feel, to their
0: Patreon. Yes,
2: and their, to their Kickstarters. Send so. us some
1: Prangles,
0: whatever. Prangles? <laughs> I'll take it. Prangles, beef jerky, you know, whatever.
1: Okay. Prang, Prangles. Prangles.
0: As long as it's sealed, I'll eat it. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be too careful anymore.
2: Find the worst like, flavor out, out there, people. Find the worst flavor
0: possible and send it in. Anchovy jerky, is that a thing? Mm-mm. Alright guys, well for the Knights of the Round Table, I have been Derek Hayes.
1: I've been David Flora.
0: And I'm always Justin Zinger. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>